Hola, and welcome to Latino Book Chat. I am your host, Cristian Meneses Jacobs. We invite you to participate in our conversations with Latino authors, illustrators, and others who share their insights into the book publishing industry. Emma Otegi holds a PhD in history from New York University and studies colonial Latin America. Before becoming a writer, she was an elementary school Spanish teacher. Emma is the author of the bilingual picture book Martí's Song for Freedom about Cuban poet and national hero José Martí and was named a Best of the Year by Kirkos Reviews, the School Library Journal, and the New York Public Library, and is a recipient of the International Literacy Association 2018 Children's and Young Adult Book Award. Emma is also the author of the middle-aged novel Silver Meadows Summer and the Unicorn Rescue Society, the Madres de Aguas of Cuba. Her most recent publication is the contemporary middle grade novel, Sofia Costa Makes a Scene. Latino Bookshop welcomes Emma Otegi. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Let's talk about your Thank latest you. book, Sofia Costa Makes a Scene. Who is Sofia Costa? Give us an introduction to this interesting character. Yeah, so Sofia Costa Makes a Scene is a novel for kids ages eight to 12. It's about a girl who is learning about immigration and housing issues at the same time as she's figuring out how to fit in not only in her community, but also in her family. When the book begins, Sofia, who comes from, she lives in the New York City suburbs. She comes from a family of Cuban ballet dancers. Her parents, once upon a time, many years ago in Havana, danced with Alicia Alonso in the Ballet Nacional de Cuba. And now they all live in New York where her parents teach performing arts. And when the book begins, she is preparing for her local dance school's production of The Nutcracker. And two family friends of theirs from Cuba move to New York for a special performance with the American Ballet Theater. Good friends of theirs, many opportunities to share their love of Cuban culture as well as introduce them to New York City. But then, Sophia finds out that one of her family friends is going to defect. He's going to stay in New York City and not return to Cuba. And her family rallies around him to try and help him make a life here. But some of Sophia's friends in the suburban community where she lives don't support him. And in fact, suggest that there's something wrong with Latino immigration, something wrong with what he's doing by trying to make a life in the United States. And for Sofia, that is really a critical moment, a critical, I think, departure from her relationship with her community because she starts to think, well, if my parents are immigrants and we're a family of immigrants, and these are some of the ideas that people have about immigrants, that's not okay. And the book is really about how she transforms her relationship with her community to be more just and to seen about the things she really cares about. Yeah, it's at the beginning of the story. Uh, Sophia doesn't seem to have an opinion about any of these social issues. In fact, she thinks, like the rest of her classmates, that her neighbor, Laurita, is the carrier of bad news, mm -hmm. the bad news machine, as they call her. So how does Sofia viewpoint begin to change because of her interaction with Laurita? Yeah, Laurita is one of my favorite characters in this book because she 
is somebody who represents type of kid who I meet a lot and I think I sort of was in many ways. Laurita is political, she is an advocate, she is outgoing, she knows everything about the environment and about housing and about what's happening in their school and in their town and she wants to change the world and she's just so angry about things that aren't fair, things that aren't just. But when she tries to talk about those things as a 10-year-old kid, her friends call her, you know, the not her friends, the other kids in her class say that she's just the bad news machine, that she's always talking about something depressing. She's that <laughs> yeah. kid who's always talking about the ice caps melting. It frustrates people. And so at the beginning, Laurita's just like all of her classmates. She's just like, all right, Laurita is always worked up about something. She's just always complaining and telling you that you're doing something wrong. And it's really annoying and better not to pay too much attention to her. But then Laurita and Sofia start working on a project together on a exhibit that they're putting up in the school gym about the history of immigration. And of course, the school expects that this is gonna be an immigration project where they talk about Ellis Island and they talk about all of the you know funny clothing that um, European immigrants wore when they were coming to New York. And Laurita and Sofia turn this project into a project that is about advocating for immigrants, especially Latino immigrants. Through that process, Sofia really comes to see just how vulnerable Laurita is, how much Laurita's positions are not just, she's not trying to be superior. She's not trying to annoy people. She just cares so much about people in her family, especially the immigrants in her family, and wants to make the world better. And Sofia really comes to respect that and to identify with Laurita. Her relationship became uh, eye-opening for her. Yeah. She is like she was sheltered at the beginning and then Laurita introduced her to all these ideas and all these issues and she began to realize that things are not always good in the world or in her neighborhood. Yeah, so Laurita immigration really opens her eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She does. Immigration is a central theme throughout the story. Sofia and Laurita feel very proud of their family roots, but Sofia has a friend, Trisha who does not feel like an immigrant. And then every time she tries to talk about, Sofia tries to talk about Cuba, Trisha doesn't want to know about it. How do you think this conflict is important to the story? Yeah, so what's interesting about Trisha is that she's also Latina. And that was very important to me, that the three girls who are at the heart of this story, Sofia, Laurita, and Trisha, are Latina. They all have uh, parents and grandparents who came from Latin America. But they represent very different beliefs, very different relationships to both their countries of origin and to the United States, very different ideas about assimilation, for example. And so I really got to explore the different ways in which Latinos relate to our identities through the character of Trisha. So what <laughs> happens is that Sophia is really in this process where she's really becoming aware of her Latin identity and becoming aware of her family's roots and becoming aware of the ways in which being an immigrant shape her, her family's experience. And Trisha is not having that experience. Trisha, on the contrary, is in a family that has tried very hard to become assimilated, that holds a lot of privilege within the community Trisha lives on the other side of town. She lives in a big house. Her mother drives a luxury SUV. So Trisha, even though she herself is a Latina, 
has really joined an entirely separate social class that Sophia, even though her family has, you know, a good deal of privilege, doesn't have access. And so it's really hard for Sophia because Trisha has been her best friend since they were little kids. And yeah, Sophia doesn't want to lose Trisha. And I think one thing that was so important to me is that we talk a lot to kids about how to become an advocate, how to become an activist, how to speak up for what you believe in. These are all sound bites that we give to kids, you know, raise your voice, um, say what you believe in. But oftentimes we're not really asking what stakes do those actions have for kids? And for Sophia, really starting to speak up about immigration has really big stakes because it puts her in conflict. I mean, if she says things like, it's a problem that country clubs have this racist history and that our community is oriented around a country club, that doesn't sound so nice to Trisha, whose family is really involved in that country club. If Sophia says, I think that my family friend Alvaro should buy an apartment in an apartment building that's being built in our little town. So Trisha really raises the stakes for Sophia. They make these issues not just issues that someday will matter when she's an adult or that matter to the grownups, but not to her. I'm so proud of Sophia for how she learns to speak up in spite of that. Yeah, Sophia begins to see like different perspectives and learns to take a stand, even if it upsets her friendship with Trisha. Yeah. So yes. I was wondering, what is the message you're trying to send to children about friendships? Yeah, I think that there's a line at the very end of the book where I thought a lot about how I should end, leave things with Sophia and Trisha. You know, should they have a big fight and never speak again? Should yeah. they heal their friendship and, you know, just totally be best friends again? To yeah. tell you the truth, I was very on edge. Like, what is going to happen to Trisha and <laughs> Sophia? I was like, no, oh, my it's God. It's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard and it's sad when these childhood friends kind of drift apart. And so mm -hmm. I left things where it doesn't really go one way or the other. I mean, they're sort of still friends, but there is this tension. And I think that in many of our lives, that's the way things shake out. You know, we sort of stay friends with people, but there is that tension. But what Sophia says at the very end of the book is she says that Trisha is allowed to disagree with me, but she's not allowed to stop me from speaking my mind. And to me, that that's the whole ballgame because Sophia can't control what Trisha thinks and, and she won't control that. But she needs to learn to speak her mind and raise her voice and to not censor herself for the benefit of Trisha. And that's how things are really resolved is Sophia learning to speak up. I thought that was a very powerful statement on Sophia's part and it shows how much she had grown from the beginning of the book toward the very end. It's like she's saying, we are agreeing to disagree. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right? So I know that Sophia encounters in the book racism, xenophobia, immigration, classism, and even gentrification. Why was it important for you to include those social issues in the story? Yeah, those are issues that I really care about. I think that we tend to talk a lot about issues of representation, which, of course, I'm so passionate about. But I'm somebody who's also interested in the material conditions. And so, for example, uh, when we talk about affordability, when we talk about gentrification, when we talk about people being able to make a good life in this country, regardless of their social class, we sometimes talk about those things really abstractly. And I think the problem with those abstract conversations is that 
they're very difficult for children to understand. And they kind of free all of us from having any responsibility or from being in any way implicated in these issues. For example, in the book, there is this new apartment building that's being built and people in the community are trying to stop the building from being built. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very easy for all of us to say, oh, it's just a shame that there's no affordable housing, that people struggle so much to find housing. And it's easy for us to treat housing as kind of like the weather, right? It's something that like, sometimes housing is expensive, sometimes it's cheaper, we don't really know why, there are all these complicated forces impacting it. And so when I write for children, I want to bring things down to the really concrete things that children can understand, and especially adults can understand. This apartment building that the community is resisting in Sofia Costa's little town has the potential to make the town more affordable because apartment buildings tend to be cheaper per unit. When there is more housing in a community, it brings down the prices because people aren't competing against each other for very limited housing. So it's something that can really make housing cheaper. But all of these people start saying, no, I, it's going to take away a parking lot or it's going to change the character of the community. They find reasons why they don't want to build this specific apartment building. And yeah, they're making excuses, says, right, about yes. how it's going to be an inconvenience to them, that this is yes. not good for them, as opposed to how it's going to benefit the community. Find housing. And she kind of gets to... Um, I think she gets to kind of call out everybody's bluff a little bit because when people say this would this building would hurt the community or it would hurt the kids here, Sophia, by saying, well, it would be good for my family, really gets to ask the question of, well, which kids are we trying to protect when we say that there should only be single family homes and there should not be apartment buildings? Who are we trying to help? Yes. And so I think that Sophia really gets to be in a unique position as an advocate because she's a kid. I thought I was very proud of her for speaking up about that. What do you hope the readers to take away from the story? First, I hope that they really just enjoy getting to know Sofia's family. I hope they feel like they are just immersed in this family of Cuban food, classical ballet, so many people bursting out of the house. Sofia describes her house as an accordion. So Sometimes it just expands to accommodate all of these friends and guests. Sometimes it shrinks. <laughs> I know yes. people feel like they're really, kids feel like they're really a part of the Agosta family. I hope that they are convinced that ballet is about a lot more than just pretty people in tutus. <laughs> and most of all, I hope they learn about the real stakes of issues of housing and immigration. I just hope that they learn about those two issues. Yeah, those are very important, especially nowadays. Very important issues to tackle in the community. Yes. You are going to read us your favorite scene from the book, right? I am. I have a scene picked out for you. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right. So I'm going to read to you. You know, I've read a lot of different scenes um, in different times that I've talked about this book. Sometimes I do school visits and I visit schools and I talk to kids about the book. And I used to read a scene that's really depressing because it's a scene where Sofia is first talking to her friend Laurita about all of the immigration problems that their families are facing. And it's kind of a downer. But today what I'm going to do is I'm going to read to you a happier scene, which is the scene when Sofia and Laurita, they're working on this exhibit 
This exhibit is in honor of their teacher, Mr. Fallon, who is Irish American and he's just become a citizen and they are celebrating him and his culture and his experience as an immigrant. So you're going to hear Mr. Fallon mentioned. So this is the moment when Sofia and Laurita are working on an exhibit, this exhibit, and they bring it all together. So it's a little bit more uplifting as you hear some of the solutions they come up with. All of a sudden, I'm bursting with ideas for our exhibit. Laurita probably doesn't even recognize me. I tell her I need the posters she made so I can fix them up. Laurita has a lot of great information that everyone should know, so I'm going to make sure her ideas shine with bright, illuminated posters. I'm going to make paper arrows to put on the gym floor with washi tape. They'll say things like, don't forget to read this, and wait until you get to the next poster, and you won't want to miss this interesting fact. I think if Laurita always presented her ideas that way, people might not think of her as the bad news machine. Of course, I leave out that last part when I tell Larita my ideas, and she scribbles them down with gusto. I can tell she's excited. And then I go on, we should have a section on challenges immigrants face and how people can help them, Laurita finishes. We high five. There's a loud burst of laughter behind us, and we look over at the decorations committee. Lucas and Trisha are wrapping Abdul up with crepe paper like a mummy. Stella looks exasperated. Laurita raises an eyebrow. Good thing our exhibit will be beautiful. Yeah, I grin. Then I have a question. So, Laurita, what can people do to help immigrants? It's like, kind of hard, right? Laurita chews on her pencil eraser. Kind of gross, but okay. I hate it when other kids act weird because they hear my mom speaking Spanish, she says finally. Me too, I almost shout. It's like, what's the big deal? Just say hello and be nice like you would to anyone else. Laurita writes that down. Grownups can vote, she goes on. But kids can't really do that. But we can talk to adults, I say, and tell them to vote to make things better for immigrant families. We should think of something specific for Mr. Fallon, Laurita said. It's his party, after all. He loves it when we learn stuff about Irish culture, I say immediately. He keeps talking about how going to bring us all corned beef on St. Patrick's Day. And I can tell it bugs him when Jaden and Lucas goof off and don't pay attention when he talks about Ireland. So maybe listen and learn, Laurita says, writing it down. We should tie it back to Acorn Corners, the apartment building, I say nervously. Because Laurita is probably going to remember that I haven't done any research. Immigrants need places to live when they get here. So maybe something about making space? Laurita nods. And by the time Mrs. Kalanak dismisses us, our list of ideas is looking pretty good. How kids can help immigrants. Be friendly. Say hello, goodbye, and thank you, like you would with anyone else. If you can learn how to say those things in a person's own language, they might be happy. But don't use their language in a teasing way. Be nice. Tell grown-ups to vote for people who will make things better for immigrants. Listen and learn about immigrants' cultures. Be welcoming and make space for immigrants where you live. I'll turn this list into a poster, I tell Larita. It'll be my most gorgeous one yet. Y colorín colorado. <laughs> Yay, that's so nice. That is a really nice scene. That shows the girls working together. Yeah, I just loved seeing them finally bring it all together. That's wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. The book is Sofia Costa Makes a Scene by Emma Otegi. 
You can buy a copy through our new online store at nikagal.com. N-I-C-A-G-A-L.com. Nikagal.com. You will also find the other books that we have featured on the Latino Book Chat podcast. And please support the podcast by coming back every other Monday for more episodes. Emma Otegi, thank you so much for chatting with us today on Latino Book Chat. Thank you. Un placer, Christian. Oh, el placer es mío. Muchas gracias, Emma. Gracias. Gracias. Thank you for joining us today. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at latinobookchat.com. Please subscribe on your favorite platform. Whatever you're listening to us today, please give us a positive review and as many stars as possible. Sharing the show will help it grow and continue to come to you. Thank you for your support. Hasta pronto. Latino Book Chat is a production of Nicagal Media. Today's episode was hosted, produced, and edited by Christian Meneses Jacobs.